Hey friends, you know that the first week of every month with the Women, Wine & Leadership podcast focuses on business success strategies. Whether you are running a business or still working full-time and thinking of starting a business, this is the way that you can prepare yourself for the future. I'm pulling together people to help you discover the strategies you need to manage your business with success. Diane Lamb is someone I met with Elevate Network in Seattle. She's the founder of Everything Ally Operations Management. She creates systems, strategy, and execution for service-based businesses that want to scale with ease. We're gonna dive right into the conversation where Diane is answering the question that I posed about why people need a virtual COO. Join us. It's certainly something that I see a lot. People always get a little bit scared about, you know, the COO function or the actual operation of their business. And I think a lot of it has to do with some of that fear that we see, you know, everyone has the perfect business online, right? Everyone has the ultimate team online, um, but behind the scenes, that's not always the case. And, you know, when it comes down to making these decisions, people think that, oh, when I get to a certain number of clients or I get to a certain revenue goal, then I can start to worry about the back end operations. And that's usually when you, when I get in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has been, this, this entire operation is being held together with toothpicks and paper clips and duct tape. <laughs> right, right. Oh boy, that is the perfect teaser. Like if I were to do a trailer for this podcast, that is it. The duct tape and paper clips. So <laughs> um, on that note, I can't wait to dig into that. And I want to kind of put a pin in it and back up the track and hear a little bit more about Diane, your background, your experience, and why you started this virtual COO business. Yeah, of course. Um, so this has actually been what I've done for my entire career. I've been this right-hand person to um, entrepreneurs, a lot of Wall Street financiers, and C-level executives. And when it came time to think about my own business, I really wanted to leverage my own skill set. And you know what I found was that my superpower is really being able to execute and bring that vision to fruition. So you know I've done everything from creating five hedge funds to overseeing multiple business lines. I think at my peak, I was overseeing six separate business lines for um, for an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I've done everything from planning and executing infrastructure and growth initiatives to hiring our teams and creating the systems and processes and launching new businesses, new products, new services. So my experience is pretty wide and can seem a little bit all over the place, but my real focus is around the execution to bring those ideas to fruition. And that's what I really do now with a lot of um, professional service providers. Um, my, my clients are usually consultants, coaches, small practice attorneys, or accountants and CEOs that have big visions for their business, but they don't necessarily have the bandwidth or the experience to, to run their business like a real business. And that's where I really come in to really help them kind of figure out what is the strategy? What is the way forward here? And the scalability. Uh, yes. You, when you run your business based on uh, the usage of time as the number one transaction, we all reach the end of that resource um, pretty quickly when we're um, just starting to consult on an hourly basis. So um, I, I bet that people get to a certain point in their consulting business where they realize, huh, 
there's a ceiling to how much I can earn as long as I continue to sell myself by the hour. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I think it's not just with consulting, it's any service-based provider. Um, when you're essentially trading your expertise, which boils down to your time, um, until you really find those leverage points where you're creating other products, while you're bringing on team members, while you're, uh, when you're finding places where you can really do more with less of the time because it all really does boil down to the amount of time that you're willing to put into your business and you know I don't think a lot of business owners really know where they can start to leverage themselves and their time um, so that they can really start to scale in an efficient way. Wow that that's a really good point Um, there are different points in the whole um, the view of the CEO for lack of a better word um, term for it you know there's um there are different scaling points for um increasing revenue increasing lead generation and i'm wondering um if you could do some storytelling on some of the aha moments that your clients have had where you've been able to pinpoint an area where they could really explode their business yeah, absolutely. I was actually talking about a client about this yesterday. Actually, we were doing uh, we were doing one of our catch up calls, and it was one of those light bulb moments where um, we are actually so she is a elite HR consultant, and a big part of her business is really being a consultant for a large um, tech platform company where she does the implementations and the trainings and the builds for the software. And we were talking about it and like, okay, we get paid decent money for doing these, you know, this consulting engagement with this larger company, but they don't do any of the work with the clients. They don't have the relationship with the clients afterwards. And, you know, in the company's point of view, a lot of these clients are a little bit too small for them to really put their care and attention to. So I was like, well, why don't we create a product or service line? that can support these people at a lower level that they're not gonna get the support from the original software manufacturer. That's just a given. They're just not going to get that attention that they need to really be successful using this type of tool and this type of product. So why don't we create a new set of service lines that can really be affordable, that can really support their success within this system. And it's just kind of been like, why haven't we talked about this before? Because we've done probably you know, 50 or 60 implementations already this year, and we kind of just cut them loose after the implementation. So um, really developing, like my, my, my to do now is, you know, building out what do these service lines look like? Who are they for? What are the features? What are the price points? How are we going to message them? How are we going to package these things? And I'm really excited about that, because it is like, oh, my gosh, we've lost so many opportunities just because we never thought about it in this way where, you know, hey, there's more we could do with these clients. And it really came down to like, oh, we're all the time factor, like you mentioned before, because a lot of it is like, oh, we have so many of these implementations to do that we're just on to the next one, we're on to the next one, but we don't really, we never really took a second to think about, well, what can we do to continue to service those people who are rolling off of their implementation, who really need that help to be successful in using kind of this really complex tech platform. So they're, they end up kind of flailing after the, that initial engagement because yeah, it's not a exactly. Cause you wow. know, to a certain extent, they, they know how to, we train them on how to use the platform. Right. But you know, the platform is designed for business process mapping, business process improvement. And if mm-hmm. you don't have a background in that um, it can be kind of like, well, well, what do I do next? How do I, 
what are the best practices for designing a process improvement culture? Or how do I do this within my company? Um, and that's definitely not support they're getting from a larger firm. And it's like, oh my God, there is so much potential here to really help people who need this kind of support to be really successful and to really scale their business. So, you know, not only am I helping my client scale her business, but we're helping, you know, all these other small growing companies scale their businesses as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, that's, I think, the hardest point. You know, it's one thing to come up with the uh, the product that people can't live without, but um, we forget that we need a working project plan and a workflow in order to be able to um, completely uh, anticipate the client's need and provide a full service three hundred and sixty product. Can yeah, exactly. Tell that word three hundred and sixty is kind of a favorite word of mine. I love. <laughs> I love looking at things from multiple perspectives. Um, and that's why I love the services that you provide because I'm convinced that that outsider perspective, the third party perspective on any business helps the, the business owner to see the business more clearly. And uh, I, I spoke with somebody today who um, provides something somewhat similar, not quite as scalable as yours. And, um, Somebody asked her, well, how can you provide me that kind of expertise when you're not an expert in my industry? And what makes you so valuable is that you're not an expert. You're not immersed in every industry. Therefore, you can see very clearly where their gaps are. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there are going to be very, very few people who are going to be experts in all industries, right? And, you know, when you get to a certain level of expertise or a certain level of kind of just like within the industry, you don't see the blind spots anymore. You take things for granted. Um, Like, oh, everyone knows that, right? Um, It's kind of something that I hear with a lot of my partners who are, you know, you know, tech platforms are very, very deep in the accounting or the legal side, right? Oh, everyone knows that that's how you're supposed to do that. Well, no, not everyone knows that you're supposed to do that. Um, and the messaging now is inconsistent. So, you know, there's opportunities that are lost because of the fact that we're like, oh, well, I know it. So everyone else must know it as well. And, you know, that is a big blind spot for a lot of business owners where there's an opportunity gap for sure. Absolutely. Um they can't possibly see all the different perspectives because they're immersed in their industry. They don't know the needs of people in other industries that might flag um, their need for your services. And I'm wondering uh, what, what kinds of epiphanies do, do you see happening the most in terms of I'm scaling my business and I can't see the forest for the trees? Um, what are the types of things that, that people have overlooked in the the first years of operation that you help them see? Oh, I mean, I I get a lot of, um, oh, well, I can serve everybody. Um, And those are for a lot of my clients who are, you know, they've grown their businesses through referrals, through word of mouth, through their own reputations. And now they're realizing, oh, I want to make that next big push and I want to really scale. So I need to, I need to bring in more more, more sales in my pipeline. And, you know, they start with, oh, well, I can serve everyone. Everyone needs a great accountant. Everyone needs a great lawyer. And that's something that I see quite frequently where they're, you know, taking that shotgun approach to all of their messaging, to all of their servicing. And, you know, it really creates a lot of confusion 
amongst like the people that you're actually the people who are on the receiving end of it like are confused and they might not necessarily know or that they might not necessarily be interested in your service and they've already discounted you from the jump right um so that's something that i see as like uh an epiphany moment when i'm talking to them and you know one of the first things i want to know is like okay well who are you trying to serve who is this particular service for if you have more than one service like who are you trying to sell it to who's going to be the most responsive to this where are you putting it um so a lot of it comes down to kind of what their messaging is and i think as we go through that process they're like oh I don't want to work with everyone. Yep. I, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be ideal. Um, you know, there are going to be a lot of red flag clients and, you know, I can't necessarily sell to everyone because, you know, they might not have the interest. They might not be at the level that we need them to be. They might not have the funds. All of those things start to come into play. And then they're like, oh, I can't serve everyone. So that becomes like a big aha moment for them. And that's where we really are able to dive deep into what is this business? What are we trying to accomplish? And like really clearing away a lot of the noise and the distractions from the tactics yeah. and the doing. Um, that's something I also see. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just do a little of everything or, you know, um, you know, this funnel was marketed to me on my Instagram account and it sounded amazing. It talked to me. So I really had to buy it. It's like, well, you didn't actually need these tools because you have other platforms. So now you have three systems that, you know, all do the same thing. Congratulations. Like, you know, yeah. that's... <laughs> Um, so that's something oh. that we also start to run into is like, you know, they see a lot of things that are marketed to them. They don't know what they're trying to accomplish. So they kind of get blasted with all of the tools, all the courses, all the funnels that are marketed to them. And, you know, you end up with a lot of tools that you don't necessarily need. You have, you end up with a lot of tactics that you don't necessarily need or will be successful for you. And, you know, that's probably another big aha moment. It's like, oh, now that I have the clarity around who I'm serving, I need to change my tactics to be where they are instead of trying to be in front of everyone. Right. Because there, there is a whole lot of, um, I'd hate to say noise, really good, valuable noise in the marketplace saying to be successful, you really need to do this. And as a small business owner, I can, I can testify. It's easy to start to think, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to plan this for third quarter and before you know it, your whole business is just integrating new systems or operating plans. And I, I love that you help them actually create that methodical um, approach from the very beginning so they don't get sucked into the, the latest bells and whistles. Yeah. And I get, but, I get sucked into it too, right? We all see it. It's all over Facebook. It's all over Instagram. I get excited too. Like, I'm like, Ooh, this looks like a new cool tool. Let me check it out. And it's, you know, as you start to dig into it, you're like, wait, do I actually need this? Is this something that is going to align and help me get closer to what I'm actually trying to build in my business? And those are questions that I actually have, um, you know, my clients ask themselves, you know, does this, will this help me get closer to my vision? You know, will this, is this, the, do we already have a tool that does potentially this? Or like, what is the ROI of something like this? And that's where they're like, oh, well, I guess I don't need to buy this thing. And it's like, yes, exactly. You don't need to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So stop it, as Bob Newhart would say. <laughs> yes. Um, I love that. It, there's, there's incredible peace of mind. Um, there, I reached a point in my business where I felt like I, needed to do everything. And I was drowning even in just executing my own social media plan. Mm -hmm. And, um, yet there, there's lots of, uh, teaching out there that says, you know, it's, it's more effective to just narrow down and focus on maybe one channel a month and don't try to do everything. Um, 
people want to sell you a full full scale implementation or a full scale you know lead generation program i get probably 10 of those a week you mm-hmm. know i can get you i can help you generate leads for your business <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm. show me where the pedal hits the metal i want to know what kind of results you've seen <laughs> i want to know how you're different from the 10 other people who ask me every every month and it's um it's easier to make those decisions when you have an operating plan because you, you basically create a decision-making matrix, don't you? Yes, exactly. And that's kind of what the strategy is, right? It's your, this is, this is, these are all the things that we want to achieve that align with the vision for the business. And we're all the things that we buy, the resources that we invest in, um, you know, the activities that we're taking on on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter basis all fall within this matrix, right? It's not something like, oh, I just decided that I wanted to buy, you know, this new course because I, I you know, they, they marketed to me and it's going to be able to increase our lead generation in our funnel 200 fold. Okay, well, you know, that is outside of the scope of what we're trying to accomplish. Like, you know, we're, if, you know, I have a client who bought a bunch of funnels and we're, and I looked at them and I was like, you know, this is great, but this is all for Facebook and, you know, not, none of your clients, your, you sell business to business. A majority of them are not going to be here, right? Like, you know, so again, you just spent five grand on, you know, something that might be successful, that might be a good tactic, but it's not necessarily where your audience is. Um, and we can see how we can see if we can make it work. Um, but, you know, it's, really outside of the scope of what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Right. Boy, I sure wish I had you two years ago. (laughs) I hear that a lot. Actually, I hear that quite a lot. It's like, I wish I had, I wish, I wish I'd hired you sooner. Right. Well, I bet, I bet. And I, you know, you know, in terms of what we think we need to run a business, I think the, the first consultant people often hire is to build a website and um, honestly, now I'm realizing, gosh, website is like third to fifth down the list. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people operate successfully without even having a web presence because there are so many other electronic means to communicate. But mm-hmm. uh, do you do you have a a, a specific kind of um, um, set of guidelines for helping people decide how to even? Um, make decisions about investing in their business from the very beginning? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to give you the consulting answer and it is, it depends, right? Like it depends <laughs> on the type of business that you have, um, whether you're a service provider, whether you are a coach or consultant, whether you have a product, it's going to be a little bit different, but my kind of main message to a lot of people who are starting out is to be very clear on what you're, what is it that you're offering? Who are you offering it to and focus on the one channel and get consistent on the one channel that you can reach those people at? Because a lot of people will try, oh, well, I need to be on Facebook. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on Twitter. I need to be on this. I need to be in all of these platforms and all of these places and catch the wide, cast the widest net. Um, and that really leads to burnout. It really leads to inconsistency in their messaging. And you're not going to see a lot of traction very fast because right. you're not, you know, your messaging is not going to be resonating with the people that you really want it to resonate with the people who are going to lean into you now. Um, So if I were to say one thing for everyone to get started, if you haven't already, um, you know, get really clear on who it is you serve and get really consistent um, in the ways that you serve them and on the platforms that they're going to be on. Um, And I suggest picking one 
and making sure that you're putting out regular content so that, you know, it's not jarring when people see you down the line and if you want to make an offer or if you want to, you know, promote yourself, it's not like a big surprise and it's not like a one-off and like, oh, I've never seen many messages from you before. And then suddenly you want to sell me something. Um, that's where people start to come across and think that you're oh, a little bit salesy. Um, so I think that, you know, my first step for anyone who's just starting out is get really clear, get really consistent are the two first things that you need to do. And then from there, you can start testing different messages. You can start to build complex funnels and all of those things. You can start to add on different um, ideal client personas based on different service lines that you're creating, things along those lines, but to really be just very clear and consistent in the beginning um, is the first step. And then from there, you can start to like build and add on different pieces and complexities. Yeah, that's really smart. I know um, like there are a lot of possibilities, a lot of um, creative ideas when we first, you know, hit upon that inspiration to start a business and we have to learn how to gate those over time so that we don't confuse the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, okay. Back to Diane, you, you do this, you provide an amazing service that changes. You're really changing lives by virtue of um, helping people to really streamline their business you're helping them to be more effective and actually have a life so that they don't get um, caught in overwhelm. Tell me who inspires you? Who do you watch? Who are your mentors? That's a really good one. Oh my gosh. Um, I would say actually, so I do a lot of mindset work. Um, so I really watch Jim Fortin because um, I think that the probably the number one thing that I see across all business owners is the fact that you have to have your mind right more than anything else. The execution in business is not hard, um, but it's right. all about your mindset and the way that you think about your business, the way you think about yourself. Um, so I follow Jim Fortin a lot. He is a mindset coach and I don't want to say he's a guru, but he bases a lot of his teachings on brain science, how your brain actually works. Um, so yeah. it's like, oh, okay. The one I, you know, self-sabotage my way or when I pull back in this way, it's because like my brain works in this way. So I really follow him a lot. And I think that like, you know, mindset is something that will always be a challenge, right? It's always with you, whether you make a dollar or you make $10 million, you know, your mindset is always going to be something you got to struggle with, right? You got to get it right. Um, yeah. I also follow, um, Fabian Fredrickson and Kiva Schuler, bold heart. Like, I think that, you know, I am someone who's not about hard sales. Like if you're, if I can help you, I'm definitely going to try to help you. I'm not like, you know, about like aggressive sales tactics. And I want to work with people that I like, right. So um, I follow them because they are all about being authentic and heart centered um, entrepreneur and, you know, really serving the people who can benefit the most um, from your service and finding that healthy balance between, you know, yeah, I'm in business to make money, but I'm also here to be authentic and to serve people. Um, so that, you know, I think that that really resonates with who I am as a business owner. So I follow them. So those are probably the two people that I, you know, follow most continuously. And I listen to all of their stuff and I gobble up all their material when it comes out. Um, so those are two, two of the big people That's I follow. Yeah, there's there's no end to learning, especially if you're in a um, consulting business. We have to consume mm -hmm. consistently. I love that you mentioned heart centered. You know, it's it's kind of a no brainer when when you're on the other side of that. But when a lot of people get started, they're thinking about 
sharing their knowledge. And, um, you know, just what you're talking about in that approach with, um, with any social media channel, if you immediately start blasting your market with how much, you know, do they really care <laughs> that, that heart, um, uh, approach, the heart centered approach makes the difference between authenticity and noise. Don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Cause I think people are more savvy than ever, right? Like you probably see it on your Instagram, on your LinkedIn, when people are blasting yeah. those, those, you know, 10, a hundred people every week who are saying, Hey, I can help you generate more leads, schedule a call with me. You see right through that kind of stuff. Um, right. And you know, that's not necessarily my style. It's not necessarily like a lot of people style, but there, if, if that's your style, that's totally okay. Right. Um, it's about finding yeah. what works for you as a business owner. And, you know, I think that I, I certainly tried it cause I worked with a lot of really high end financiers, hard pressing sales guys from wall street. And, you know, when I started my business, I kind of thought I'm like, maybe this is how I have to do it in order to be successful. And it just felt so uncomfortable um, for me that it's like, I found myself like pulling back and, you know, um, kind of just kind of downplaying, downselling myself because I was so uncomfortable doing it. And that's not a way to generate sales or business. If you're constantly pulling back and, you know, holding back from saying the things that you know you should say based on, you know, whatever the script is, um, because the script isn't comfortable. Um, so I think that that's kind of the big piece for me is like, I'm comfortable where it's like, you know what, if I can help you, I will. Um, but if I can't, I'm not going to sell you on something that isn't going to be helpful for you. Um, and I think that that feels comfortable to me. So I don't pull back when I say it because this is authentically who I am. If I can authentically help you, I will. But if I can't, I'm not going to sell it to you. Um, and so I think that's what people have to keep in mind, especially business owners, like, you know, find the method that feels comfortable to you because, you know, people can feel it when you're hesitant, when you're holding back, when you're not confident. And that's the place where you're going to kind of wonder well, why can't I close sales? Well, maybe you're not, you know, following that practice that is really aligned with who you are as a business owner. That's is. That's a brilliant, brilliant perspective that we have to really own the whole approach. And as soon as we just try to replicate something that somebody else recommends, we're easily going to just fall into um, uh, the, the trap of just trying to muddle through it intellectually without ever really embracing the opportunity to connect with people. Yep. Oh, this is fun. Um, you know, part of what we talk about, with um, 360 life strategies is how you make sure that your whole life is working synchronistically to help you be successful in your business. So we know who you watch, who you follow and listen to. How do you maintain your own um, inner leadership? What are some of your rhythms in life that keep you going? That's a really good one. And um, this is something I have been working on consciously throughout this year. And, you know, I, you know, really make time for joy and ease. I want to say yes. like there was a big shift, like in my mindset, in my, like my own business, I want to say towards the end of the first quarter of this year, where I realized that like, oh, I'm starting to view my business like a job. Like I have to clock in, I got to go sit at my desk, I got to do th these things. And it got harder when I started to think about my business that way. Um, yeah. and when I took a step back and I started making time to like do things that I enjoy to spend time with my siblings, to travel, to just turn off. And you know what? The work will still be there tomorrow. My team will still be there. They'll be able to operate without me, um, you know, answering their questions within, you know, 10, 15 minutes. 
that's when I started to make, see a big shift. Like I, not only did I feel better about my business and I think when I feel better and more at ease and like I'm having fun, it, it like all the pieces started to fall in place. I found that, you know, the clients started to find me a little more easily. The sales became a little bit more easy, things along those lines. So I definitely make time throughout the week where like, you know, I'm turning off at this time. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go do these things. And you know what? The work will always still be there. I don't need to do it all now is kind of the mindset that I have. Like, let's take care of the things that really need to be taken care of. And, you know, let's make sure that I have plenty of time to be at ease, to do my workouts, to, you know, hang out with my sister, to, you know, watch her baby or, you know, have lunch with friends, things like that. That stuff really keeps me in a happy and positive mindset. And when I'm in that place, like business all just feels and seems a lot easier. It's beautiful. It, I love that you mentioned joy. Joy is really kind of the fuel of that engine. Yeah. Like if you don't enjoy what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, how successful are you really going to be? Because, you know, you really put into it what you, you get out, you get out what you put in. And if you're putting in just like hustle and grind and like, just kind of downset activities. I think that that's what you also get back. Um, it might seem like a little too woo or, you know, some guru-y type stuff, but, you know, I've seen it in my own business and I, I, and I believe it works. And, you know, I, I want to do the things that if I, I, I like to put it as like, if I wanted to do things that didn't excite me to do the work that I didn't really like doing, I would just go back to corporate because they would pay me more to do that. Um, there's no need for me to do it right. in my own business. Um, if I get to choose, uh, the project that I take, if I get to choose the clients that I take on, um, then I want to choose the ones that, you know, excite me and the ones that light me up and make me feel good uh, on a day to day. So I'm excited to work and produce for them. That's, that's brilliant. That's a, that energy that you feel when you're doing the work is a real indicator that you're in the right place. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. So it's Friday afternoon, you're dialing down your day and you're going to pull out a bottle of wine. What? label are you drinking <laughs> see I was actually kind of dreading this one a little bit because I'm not a big wine connoisseur um you know <laughs> I like my cocktails I like my beer um but I do tend to fall towards the sweeter side of things like I like um sweet rieslings um and some moscatos like as long as they're not cloyingly sweet um I actually had a glass of wine the other day with a girlfriend and it was a paradise paradise riesling that was Ooh. a bit sweeter um, and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed on kind of like a sunny, crisp fall afternoon. Um, so I really enjoyed that. It was like the right balance of sweetness for me. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm also not ashamed to admit that I, I liked a good canned rosé every now and then as well. Something quick and easy yeah. that I can commit to in I one drinking. I, I've heard about these canned wines uh, and I've got firsthand testimony that they're not bad. <laughs> That's awesome. Rosé is the new hit. That is the new trend right now so you're on it man yeah I mean I don't even necessarily know if it's a taste but like it's pretty and it's bubbly and it's like I can just sit outside I can like have one can and not feel so bad it's like oh okay you know it's a can I have to drink the whole beverage and then I can be on my way exactly you don't have to worry about what I'm going to do with the rest of this bottle yeah exactly (laughs) I understand that lived it so much in my life well thank you so much Diane for sharing your perspective on work around operating rhythms in a business, uh, helping entrepreneurs to really up-level their business by thinking like a CEO. And I think partnering with a virtual COO like you is 
um, a brilliant uh, step that needs to go into that first first quarter budget for sure. <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, like I said, I wish I had, but I'm glad I know you now. So we will we will definitely be in touch. And thank you so much for giving up your time today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to kind of share my knowledge, however I can. Like I think that it is the small business owners who really need the help the most. So yeah, I'm definitely always happy to share. And if somebody is listening and says, I must, I must have her now, <laughs> how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can actually reach me and my team via email. If you email um, client support at everythingallyall.com, uh, my team can definitely get you sorted and get you to me. And, you know, um, that's definitely the easiest and fastest way to get to me. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of content, a lot of free vlogs and tutorials on how to run your business, like a real business. Um, so, you know, definitely feel free to follow me on LinkedIn. They can just search me Diane Lamb, L-A-M as in Mary. And you know what? I'm right up there at the top of the list. Um, I think it has something to do with all the content that I publish on the platform. Yeah, I bet that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for equipping us with information too. That is valuable in its own right. Thanks, Diane. I hope you have a great day. Enjoy yourself a little rosé this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Reward for your work. And we'll be definitely in touch in the future. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. I am so glad you took the time to have a glass of wine with the girls today. If you love the conversation here about business strategies, you need to check out 360 Life Strategies on Facebook, where we talk about all the things women are doing to run a successful business. If this helps you in any way, would you subscribe and rate this podcast? This helps us know what helps you elevate your business and your whole life. Come again, bring a friend. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.